there, and welcome to Unshaken. I'm your host, Julie Van Warmer, for today's episode, and I am really glad that you are joining me. Hey, I want to take a minute before we get started and invite you to head over to our socials, Facebook and Instagram. Follow or like us at Women of the Word CTW. This is our umbrella account that covers and highlights this podcast, our blog called Planted, our mom-to-mom ministry, and our Regarding Him conference that happens yearly in March. There is so much good content, you are not going to want to miss it. So follow today. That will be in our show notes each and every week. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast directory. It helps us out and it also helps you out as you get notifications of new episodes that drop each and every Thursday. You can also reach out to me at unshakenpsalm622 at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. If you have ever any ideas or suggestions or thoughts about episodes, shoot me an email. Finally, as you know, Unshaken is a podcast for women, put out by women, and our goal is to encourage, challenge, and point all women to Jesus Christ. With Jesus, we can be unshaken no matter our circumstances. Today's episode is going to be a different one, and I'm excited about the opportunity to share with you. Do you ever have things go wrong? I do sometimes. But I remember a distinct time years ago when I was about 13 that something really bad went wrong. See, I was working with my dad and we were, we had a greenhouse where we grew flowers and shrubs and trees and we were going to a place where we're going to sell them. It was like a big market and I was with my dad and I had asked him if I could get the keys and go back to the van or well, actually it was a big box truck um, and if I could go get something out of our truck. So he handed me the keys and I walked the little couple of blocks away to, to the truck that where it was parked in a parking lot. I got whatever out of it I needed, locked it back up, and began casually walking back to where we were selling our flowers at this market. On my way back, however, something terribly bad went wrong. And here's what happened. As I said earlier, I was casually walking with those keys in my hand And they slipped out of my hand at one point. And they didn't just land on the ground, would have been no big deal. They didn't get run over by a car. They fell right down a manhole. I couldn't even believe it. It was like slow motion as I was like moving towards that manhole and watching the keys slowly fall all the way to the bottom. I immediately started to cry. I remember, remember I was only 13 and I was upset. And this little couple walked over to me and said, are you okay? I explained what had happened. And they said, Let, we're going to go with you um, to find your dad. And we're going to make sure that you're okay. You know, I was pretty distraught. I thought, how are we even going to get home? My dad graciously was not too upset with me. He did think I was being careless. And the truth is, I was being careless with those keys. And this very, very thin man w- was walking by and he said, kind of came over and said, what's going on? And I said, and my dad explained what had happened. And he goes, well, I'll jump down there. Graciously, this man and my dad picked up the manhole cover, which is crazy that it even comes off and it's really heavy. And this man jumped down into the sewer to grab my keys off the bottom. Well, not my keys, but my dad's keys, handed them up. We, some men helped and pulled him up and they put the manhole cover back on. And that was definitely a problem. You know, it was a trouble I had. It kind of makes me think of what's happened today as we're going to get into our episode because 
sometimes things in the podcast world just don't go well. And we had a little bit of a technical difficulty in preparing for for today's talk. The funny part was I was the one you were going to be hearing. See, I had the privilege a couple weeks ago of being able to share um, a talk to our mom-to-mom ministry. And I love mom-to-mom. It's a great place. If, you're, if you don't have a mom's group in your life, you should go find one. One that's based on the Bible and that is a place that will be an encouragement to you. Start one in your church or get a few women together and meet once a week you know, at a fast food restaurant. I mean, it's a great way to encourage each other in the journey of motherhood. Well, I gave this talk last week very excited about it and it was I think it went pretty well but then it didn't get recorded something happened with the technical part something was didn't work right anyway that's what leads me to our trouble for today see I wanted to share with you my talk and some of the ladies had to miss so I am going to talk with you but it's going to be a little different today I'm just going to share with you a little bit of my story of the things I wanted to share at our mom-to-mom ministry And I hope that it will be an encouragement to you. Now, it's going to be a little different because I'm actually alone in my studio. I'm not talking to anyone except, but then again, I have a lot of you listening, which is exciting. So I just hope that you'll grab a cup of tea or a cup of coffee or whatever you want and sit back and listen and be encouraged. That's my goal for you today as a mom and really as any woman, to be encouraged in all the things that we do. Okay, let me pray for us today. Lord, I thank you for troubles. We know that you lead them, lead us through troubles, and you are with us in all of our troubles. I pray today as we talk about being a joyful mom, that you will guide my words. And I pray that as this podcast goes out to many women, that women will be encouraged and will be challenged to live their everyday for you and to have joy in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, like I said a little bit ago, I loved, I love mom's groups. In fact, I remember fondly being a part of a mom's group years ago when my kids were little. Um, My oldest right now is 23 and I think he was two when I joined a mom's group and it was a great place. Um, I'm excited to be able to share about this particular theme that our mom-to-mom ministry is having for the whole year. I think it's a great theme. It's called Joyful Motherhood. Um, I think it is lacking in many moms and the overall view of motherhood in the world is certainly not joyful. They would not use the word joyful as the adjective. They would come up with a whole bunch of different words to describe motherhood. They would say hard motherhood, tiresome motherhood, difficult motherhood, overwhelming or, or maybe even irritating motherhood. You get the picture, right? I actually um, also want to add to the beginning of this particular theme, Joyful Motherhood, a word, and I'm going to say it's inferred because it's not actually a part of the title, but the word is cultivate. And I'm going to get to that and explain a little bit later. I'm going to share with you three particular things today. One is foundations of joy. Um, Number two is going to be counterfeit joy. And number three is practical joy. And I think these three different sections of what I'm going to talk with you today are going to be a great encouragement. So the first thing I want to do is talk about foundations of joy. And we can't do that without defining some of the words. You, You really have to start by understanding what words are. And the first one is motherhood. Now, you might think that's stupid. We all know what motherhood is. And Google made me feel kind of dumb as I read it I thought that is a dumb definition the Google definition was the state of being a mother I thought we all know that I actually thought though that 
a good way to define motherhood is the works and the acts that she does. Like a mother is nurturing. She's caring. She's loving. She's constantly teaching her kids something. She's training her kids in all kinds of things, from holding a spoon to how to drive a car, right? She's um, disciplining her kids when they look at her and put their hands on their hips and say no. <laughs> then she's getting in there and saying, um, yes, you will do what I'm asking. She's also discipling them along the journey of how to act and how to have etiquette and how to love others, all of those things. A mother always leads as well as always serves her family. This is what a motherhood is, what motherhood is. And, and I have to say, I think it's a gift directly from God. God gives us this. It's nothing we can you know, decide. You might decide one day to be a teacher or you want to be a nurse, but you can't one day really decide to be a mother. Um, and I will say it doesn't really matter how your children came to be your children. It's only that you have some. And it also, another important fact about motherhood is once you're a mother, you are always a mother. Um, like I mentioned my son earlier, who is 23, he's married now and he's a dad. I still to some degree mother him at times. I do not need to remind him to change his underwear, and we are all thankful for that. But I do at times speak into his life about a lot of other things. Um, and I do have an 11-year-old also who I do sometimes have to remind to change his underwear. But it doesn't matter how old your kids are. You will always be their mother. Let's define the word joy too. Joy is a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. But the other, other definition that I've heard often shared is contentment, happiness, and satisfaction in Christ alone. I think the key to this definition is in Christ. See, you and I as moms cannot have real joy without Christ. It just doesn't work. And we're going to talk more about how to get into that in Christ part in a little bit. Now, I told you that there was another word, and I think this word is kind of in parentheses, right? We don't, we don't have it in the title as joyful motherhood. It kind of comes before, and that word is cultivate. Um, I mentioned a minute ago that um, nobody ever just says, I am joyful today. You know, yesterday I was grumpy and irritated and mad all the time, and today I'm just going to choose to be joyful every minute of my day. It doesn't really work like that. Like, it's cultivating is getting the ground, laying the ground work, digging up the garden, getting the soil ready, planting the weeds, getting to the heart, planting the weeds. Please don't plant any weeds. How about planting the flowers or planting the vegetables and getting them to come and grow? And that's that's what we're doing and what we want to do with, with this idea of joyful motherhood is we want to cultivate it so that it does grow beautiful fruit in our homes. Now, when you combine all three of these things, cultivate joyful motherhood, you end up with a mom who is just really striving to love, nurture, lead her children with contentment and happiness. And she's doing this with purpose, right? Or a cultivation of the joy that comes in mothering. mothering. And we know that um, we have to foster, we have to increase, cultivate our joy. It doesn't come you know, easy. It doesn't just happen. Um, but I also said earlier, and I'll repeat it, it's based in Christ. The world's joy is fleeting like an Instagram story or a reel, right? It's, it's a happy moment in time and then it's gone and you can never find it again. But you and I as mothers need lasting joy. And this is only found in Jesus. Now, I don't really know where you are today. Um, and, and that's something you have to think about. I don't know if you know Jesus. But this is the number one place to start. And, and I want to start there because we can't have real joy without knowing Jesus Christ. There's four things I want to tell you about. Remember, my definition of joy isn't just 
happiness all the time. It's contentment, happiness, and satisfaction in Christ. So we have to start with Christ. And there's four things we have to think about as we work on and think about being in Christ each day. Okay, number one, and you may have heard me say this before on the podcast, or if you know me personally, this is a big one to me. Uh, The first one is read your Bible, right? Read your Bible every single day. Now, if you have never read the Bible or picked up a Bible, I encourage you to start with a few verses. Maybe start in the Gospels, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. If you have already read through those Gospels or you have been reading a couple verses every day, I encourage you to go to to read a whole chapter or maybe read three chapters, right? If you actually read three chapters every day, you'll make it through every book in the Bible and read the entire Bible in a year, which is a really amazing goal. If you are a person who does that, then study a passage each week. Um, maybe if you're already there, instead start memorizing a few verses. Um, these are really good. There's a lot of verses in the Bible that are helpful, like be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, right? Or don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful to build others up. Or maybe a simple verse from Nehemiah, the joy of the Lord is my strength. These would be great verses to memorize. And if you know how to, and have memorized a lot of verses, you could memorize a whole passage. And right now what I'm working on is reading at the bookends of the day. Like I want to read the Bible in the morning, which I'm really good at. And I'm good at praying in the morning. But by the end of the day, I'm like, I'm wiped out. And I want to read something and remind myself of God's word and God's truths at night. So I've been working on that in my life. Now, I will tell you this year, I would encourage you as you read and be on the lookout for motherhood and for joy in the Bible, keep a little page in your journal or highlight them in your Bible in a special color. Um, Maybe write the definition down for each of these uh, things, motherhood and joy, and then start writing them. And you're going to see good and bad examples of both of these. And you know what? You can write the bad ones down too because we learn from bad examples. I'd love it in May when mom to mom is complete or when you have completed a year of writing this down that you look back and see all the many ways that you have noticed how God loves mothers and how God wants us to be joyful. Okay, so read your Bible. Number two is pray. Pray every single day. Okay, so just like I said with reading, bump it up. Try to always bump it up a notch from where you are. Um, instead of just staying at the status quo, try to be a, do something extra. Don't do everything because it's overwhelming. Do something. So for example, if you are a girl who's never prayed, well, start praying. You know, it's really just talking to God every day. If you are a girl who already prays, then maybe designate five minutes to pray specifically for each one of the kids and your husband and right in your little immediate family. Or maybe you bump it to 15 minutes and you pray a little more specifically for them. Maybe you pray for your neighbors. Maybe you do what I've done for years. I learned from an older woman. I would call her a Titus II woman to do this. I take Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and I split it up and I pray for my family, immediate family every day. And then the rest of the people in my life, I, they get a day of the week. So um, I have uh, a friend I've prayed for on Thursdays for a long time because they had some challenges with kids. And I've prayed for them. I, have, uh, I pray for my neighbors on um, Thursdays. On Mondays, I pray for our pastoral staff at church. I mean, like you can just split it up that way. And I feel like every week I get through all the people I want to pray for. But it doesn't really matter what order you do things in. I just want to encourage you to pray. I think that is so important. 
Okay, number one was read your Bible. Number two is pray daily. Number three is keep perspective. And, and honestly, ladies, this is going to be the big one when it comes to joy. It's going to be important. And I, I think the first thing you should do is seek out wise older mothers. And if you're a part of a mom's group, I hope you have them there. Our mom's group at our church has older, wiser moms in it who have been through all of this stuff. Seek them out. Talk to them at church. Find them and say, ask for prayer, share something that you're going on, invite them over for lunch. This is all really good. Attend stuff. Go to a local mom's group um, that has a biblical base. Or if you're a part of Christ the Word, join our mom-to-mom ministry if you're local. Um, Attend a Bible study, a small group or home group or care group, whatever you call it. Get to church on Sunday. These are so, so good. And they're like little itty-bitty moments in the week that help remind us to keep perspective. Read a good mom book. Um, I think mom books, and what I mean by that, are books that are about, that are aimed towards motherhood. One of my favorite books is a book that talks about the lives of women who have, who have, who were mothers and their children all grew up to be famous people <laughs> and how they were just doing their mothering stuff. Now, none of us wants, really needs to have our kids grow up to be famous. And really, these were famous people in the Christian world. They weren't like famous basketball players or, or, or actors or something, but they were just famous people. And it was really amazing to read about their mothers and the work that they did. And I think that is really important for you and I too. It helps us keep perspective. And I'll put all of those books that I suggested in my show notes for you today. Okay, number number four, and this one is in just equally, I think all four of these are equally important. And they're important that you and I think about them every single day. Okay, this one is evaluate yourself. And do it often, maybe daily, maybe once a week. I'm not sure, but ask yourself some questions. Like, where am I finding joy? Am I finding it in my Instagram feed? Am I finding it in the pictures that I post on Instagram or Facebook and how amazing my family looks or all the cute little things we're doing and how we my, let my five-year-old make apple pie, which, by the way, I don't think is wrong. It's just, am I finding joy in putting on an image? Am I finding joy in my clean house, right? Or maybe the other side. Maybe you're finding joy in the messy house and you're just happy the way you are. Um, maybe you're finding joy in the judgment of other moms, as you compare yourself and say, I am so much better. Or you are finding that you're lacking great joy because you are comparing yourself to a different mom. Really, anything we find our joy in that isn't Christ means that we're lacking in joy. So evaluate yourself. Be diligent about asking yourself questions. Some other good questions to ask is, did I read my Bible today? Did I pray? Did I make it to Bible study this week? Or Uh, an event where I get out of the house and I'm with other women? Have I talked with an older, wiser woman who could encourage me? Have I developed a relationship with her? These are such powerful and good things. I cannot encourage you enough to do them. Okay, that's our foundation for joy. This is where you will start laying a foundation in your home. Okay, I want to talk for a minute about counterfeit joy. And I have to tell you that a long time ago when I was dropping two of my daughters, I have six kids and my middle two daughters are named Rachel and Rebecca. I was dropping uh, Rachel off at Sunday school. And when I got back to pick her up, the, um, the, the Sunday school teacher looked at me and said, um, Mrs. Van Warmer, listen, uh, your daughter was not listening to me at all today. Now, I did bristle a little bit, but I was not going to let this happen. You know, no way. So I went marching over to my daughter who was sitting quietly in the corner coloring on a coloring sheet. And I said, Rachel, why were you not listening to your teacher? 
Now behind me, I heard snickering. And I thought, why is this woman laughing at me? I mean, I am just trying to do my job as a mother. And she um, continued to laugh and said, I am really sorry, but the truth is I was calling her Rebecca the entire Sunday school class. So I know why she wasn't listening. Now, it's a silly story. It really happened. We all laughed. I think my daughter Rachel was completely oblivious to the whole thing because she was being called the wrong name. But here's the thing. You and I often are listening to the wrong person. And this is the main reason that we're not joyful. It's because we, like my daughter, we're not listening to the right person or we're not listening when someone's calling our name or we're listening for the wrong name. We often listen to the world and I tell you what, the world is yelling at us all the time, telling us as mothers how to be and how to act and how to look. But you and I need to listen to God and his word and we need to do this because it directs our thinking properly. Today, I'm going to share with you five common ideas or lies, would be another correct way to say it, that the world just kind of yells at us all the time. And I'm going to give you the counter idea or the truth, actually, from the Bible. Now, I'm going to tell you there's probably, I'm giving you five, there's probably 500 of these. So, um, and, and they're just yelled at us all the time. And you'll probably start to notice them. If you are starting to read your Bible, you'll start seeing these lies show up in the world. Be aware they're subtle and sneaky. Okay, here we go. The first one is the world says motherhood is a secondary, unimportant job. Go get a career woman, right? That's, that's really where you're going to find satisfaction in your worth. I remember being a, a Sunday school teacher a long time ago. I think my son was two and I was in his class and I, it was me and this other woman and I was teaching the class. And after we were done with the class, she, the woman looked at me and she goes, whoa, you should be a teacher. And I said, oh, well, actually I have a degree in elementary education and, and I thought that's what I wanted to do. And she said, um, oh, where do you teach? I said, well, I'm not teaching. I'm going to stay home and be a stay-home mom because I want to, this is just where I'm at. And she said, I do not know why you are wasting that degree. Now, I'm going to tell you right now that I knew because I was in a mom's group that motherhood was an important job. But the truth is, it's very common to think that motherhood is a secondary unimportant job. And the world tells us it's even seeped into the church. But God says that your job as a mother is a calling and it is a super important job. And your children were directly given to you. Psalm 139 tells me and you that our children were formed in our part, inside of us, and that they were knitted inside of our womb. Um, and also, Isaiah 40:11 is one of my favorite mom verses, and it says that um, he will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will gently. Oh, I'm sorry. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. He will gently lead those who are young. That is such an encouragement to me. God cares about moms and he has given us an important job. Now, I want to say this doesn't mean that you can't have a job. Just watch your priorities. Honestly, I have rarely found a mom who works a traditional full-time home away from job who does it well. Um, I do know some who do, and I think that it depends on your situation. So I don't think that the Bible is like nobody can ever have a job. Um, but there's lots of options, um, part-time work, work from home. Maybe you have different hours. Maybe you have your kids are all in public school now or, or, or gone away from home during the day. Maybe you work one weekend as a month as a nurse. I mean, there are, these are all good and helpful things, and they help our families. But I think really the issue is our hearts and where we're finding our worth and our satisfaction. Okay, 
Number two, the world says, look around you. Watch what everybody else is doing and follow their lead. The world is all about image. You know, the influencers, the bloggers, the Instagram mom celebrities, you know. Let's watch them. But God actually says, look at me. Watch what I as God am doing and follow me in my word and follow those around you who are following me. Your image on the outside is actually nothing in the big picture. Now, God looks at the heart. Now, don't think you can just, you know, always have your messy bun in and your junk pants on. And I know everybody listening has a pair of junk pants, right? The ones we never wear out of our house. Um, It's okay. Or if we do wear them out of the house, you know, we get into a car accident, right? And then we have to get out of the car and people see that or we get into a fender bender. But here, listen, it's okay to be cute. It's okay to be fashionable. It's certainly okay to be clean, right? But it's really the heart that matters. So I ask you, how is your heart today? Are you soft to the Lord? Are you aware of your need for Jesus where we find joy every single day? In um, 1 Samuel Uh, It has a little quote in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 16, 7, and it says, The Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. And he's talking about Saul here. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance. We might change that to say the world looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Okay, number three, the world says children are a burden. They are always a problem, always interrupting, and always a bother. Why would you ever want to have children, right? Just send them all off somewhere. Or um, I actually had someone recently say something to me about, she was a full-time working mom, and she really said, I just wish they had um, preschools in the evening for my kids. Then I could get all my stuff done, you know, and my heart was sad for her, right? Um, And honestly, there's memes about this everywhere. There's one with um, a woman sitting on the potty, and we all know we've been on the potty and our kids have been at the door. This is just common. But, you know, you can see all the, all the words on the door, like mom, all the little um, speech bubbles, mom, 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 you know, mom, from the other side of the door. I mean, it is a little bit funny because we've all been there. But often these memes or other humorous jokes about motherhood end up putting down this beautiful concept of motherhood and the design that you have children and the idea that it's actually a good thing. See, God says children are a blessing and they can bring great joy to your life to their siblings' lives, to their parents' lives, to their grandparents' lives, to their neighbors' lives, to anybody around you. In fact, I encourage you, if you have children, go hang out at a nursing home or with some people who are in their older years because they will love seeing your children. It just is full of life. The Bible tells us children are a heritage from the Lord offspring a reward from him like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them they will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court what a wonderful thing that God says blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them and obviously you got to have a man and a woman to have children so blessed is the woman who has children it is a good thing Okay, number four, the world says children are innocent and just basically angels, right? I mean, it's funny. First, they tell you they're a burden and then they're telling you, oh, no, they're just baby angels, you know, like the Krispy Kreme donut concept, right? Um, And they don't need any discipline. Now, I'm pretty sure that a mother who's stuck in traffic with a two-year-old who just ate all his fishy crackers and there is demanding more and whining and crying knows that children are not innocent. But for some reason, the world says and teaches that children are innocent. 
And it can be pretty subtle, so watch out. And this is just not true. The Bible is clear. The Bible says children are sinners and they need discipline. And actually, in Romans 3.23, it says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so that means you and I as mothers are sinners. And it doesn't say, I think the key word is all. It doesn't say, oh, only children ages five and older are sinners. All have sinned, even infants. They're always clamoring for what they want. And this is true. Our children are sinners. And actually, Proverbs 29, 15 is a great verse that reminds us of the importance of discipline with our children. The rod and reproof gives wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. And if you are struggling with discipline, because I think this is a really hard thing when you're a mom, I want to encourage you not to become weary in the good work of discipline. Um, And I want to encourage you to reach out to some other moms who are older or who are just a little further along than you and ask for some wisdom, ask for prayer and ask for help. I know they would be happy to help you. Okay, our last counterfeit piece of joy. Here we go. The world says be an extreme or hyper mom, right? Before I mention this, I probably should tell you that I have been most of these that I'm going to tell you. And I have believed many of these lies all the ones I told you before, and this one too. So the Bible, or the Bible, let me go back. The world says, be an extreme or hyper mom, right? So here are four that I thought kind of fit in the world, but there's a lot of ways that moms can be hyper or extreme in some regard to their children. Okay, first off, be a hyper school mom. Now, this can go either way. You could be all about homeschooling and amazed at how the amazing things your kids are learning. You can lose sight of the fact that your kids are sinners. You can think that everything coming into your home is, um, you know, I'm going to protect my home. I'm going to protect my kids. We're not going to play with the neighbor kids. We're not going to participate in sports. We're going to learn how to crochet. Okay, I'm not knocking crochet people. Trust me. I'm just saying We can easily become extreme about keeping our kids away from others and think that our homeschool and the books we pick are are elevated above the Bible. Or we could be a regular public school or private school person and be all about academics, right? We can we can say, you got to get straight A's. Uh, you're going to get a scholarship someday, so you have to do this. Um, so you got to study extra. You have to get the right number on your ACT or SAT. I mean, this is what we push sometimes and we become extreme about it. And it can become what we show our kids is more important than God. You might be a hyper sports mom, and there are tons of ways to do this. Um, we all know and have heard of the soccer moms, and, and I'll be honest that at this moment in my life, I am. But I'm not super extreme because I can see I can't, I don't have the time in my life, and my priorities need to be straight because if I don't, it would be so easy to fall into the idea that I should send my daughter or any of my kids to some all the every possible option so they can be the best at sports they can be. I mean, I've heard people say, well, you know, my kid's going to get a scholarship or maybe my kid's going to play in the pros, right? And, and maybe there's a few out there that will. And I know some kids who have gotten scholarships for both academics and for playing a sport. But God still can provide even if they didn't get straight A's and even if they didn't play in every club that's available to them. And be careful because it overseeds. It shows your kids that that's what's most important. Um, Another one is the extreme protective mom. We used to call her the helicopter mom, right? Nobody holds the baby. They might get sick. Um, Stay home. And probably you've heard this because, you know, germs and Jesus are everywhere. So somebody's got that in there. 
in their bathroom, I'm sure. Um, and we can say, no, I don't want my kids to, um, I don't want them to play with the neighbor kids. I'm, they might get influenced, right? We become overprotective and we, we go with our kids everywhere they go, right? We want to go into the Sunday school class. We want to make sure that they're set. Instead of trusting God in the process and we can become hyper and extreme. Okay, my last one is the hyper health mom. This is the mom who is all like, nope, we're not having any sugar in our house. And if you um, if you want a cookie, we only have it on Sundays. And if you drop that cookie, it's been on the ground, so we're throwing it away because I'm a hyper protective and health mom and we are not going to get into that. I still remember that I was driving, or I'm sorry, I went to the Walmart one day with my kids many years ago. My oldest was probably about 10 we had gotten groceries and we were walking out. It was a hot July here in Northwest Ohio and it was like four o'clock in the afternoon. I had bought popsicles because we are a popsicle family and I was walking out to the car and there was a car, a van, and the man was had the hood open and he was working on the inside and, um, you know, he was just, you could tell it was just not a, the car was not working and there was some problem. And the mom and the three kids were on the side of the car and the three kids looked really disappointed and distressed. The mom just looked very mad. And I thought, we walked past them and I, I can't remember if one of my kids suggested it or if I just decided to do it. But I said, let's give these, this family this box of popsicles. You know, that would make their day. So we turned around and the kids were all excited and, and we walked over and said, we would love to bless you with these popsicles. It looks like you're having kind of a rough day. Well, the mom looked at me with all seriousness and said, I'm sorry, we do not eat popsicles. That has red dye 44. Now, here's the thing. I don't know if it was red dye 44, but whatever kind of dye it was, she was not going to eat it. And that is the time when you have a popsicle. God does not want us to be hyper about our, um, about food. I am not saying that you only let your kids eat, you know, you let them eat anything they want. And if they want to eat three whole boxes of Whoppers, right, at their breakfast, you let them do it. I'm not saying that. There's always balance. But I am saying there are times that we become hyper and I think it's out of thinking we can protect our kids from things. And, and I'm telling you what, I've eaten a lot of popsicles and I am still alive, right? But here's what God does tell us to be hyper or extreme about. God says be hyper and extreme as a mom in an honest view of yourself. Deal with your sin honestly. Apologize to your husband. Apologize to your kids when you sin towards them. Be hyper about teaching your kids God's word. I'm not talking like everybody has to read four chapters a day and you have to memorize in three days, you know, all the Beatitudes and the Lord's Prayer and four chapters in Revelation, okay? I'm not talking that intense. That's hyper for a wrong reason. But be hyper about teaching your kids God's word in your everyday walk and talk, when you're at the grocery store, when you're in the car ride home from school, when you're playing blocks on the floor. Talk about it. How you live it out, you know? This is the kind of extreme that we need. I, I, I will be honest with you. I think it's totally fine to let your kids play sports. It's okay to let them play an instrument and march in the marching band or take art classes or learn to drive or get a job or play with the neighbor kids or eat red Skittles. I mean, really, it's okay. But really, teach your kids that God is most important. And we all, all of us need him. Be extreme about having Jesus in your home. The Bible tells us, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And in 3 John chapter 1, verse 4, it says, 
I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. And that is how extreme I want to be. And I hope you do too. Okay, my last section is kind of my fun section because I think sometimes we get kind of bogged down in the everyday. You know, we're folding laundry and you can't match all the socks and we're getting everything together and we're getting in the car and you forgot something again. You got to go to the grocery store. Your kid forgot his homework and you got to drive it to school. I mean, this is just the life of a mother and we all know that. Well, I wanted to give you 10 really fun ways to bring joy into your mothering. And all of these things are really for any mom. They can be a grandma can do some of these things. They can be something that you just come up with and you just decide one day to do. You can do it to kids who aren't even your kids. If you're listening today and you're not a mom, you can still use these ideas to bring joy to a family that you love. Um, And if you are um, grown and your kids live far away and your grandkids are far away, then adopt a few, right? And so here we go. Okay, number one. And you're going to laugh at me when I say this because it's a little funny, but number one is planned spontaneity, right? I know it's dumb. It sounds dumb, but really as mothers, it's really hard to be spontaneous. And I know some of you out there are naturally spontaneous, but this is true. We can plan spontaneity and we can do it in a way that our kids don't even know that we've planned it. We can kind of be secret. So here are some examples. Um, Have a box that's a movie theater box, and it's a perfect. You put in it those little boxes of candy you get at the the concession stand, and maybe you make some popcorn, and you set up, you might even buy one of those trifold boards and make it into a concession stand window. Wouldn't that be fun? And you maybe buy pop, and you have it ready. And when it is one of those days, you know, you can't make it to your Bible study because your kids are sick, or your husband has to work late, or it's a rainy day, or it's a snowstorm, you can pull this out, stream a movie, and have a movie theater. Your kids can either get play money out and can buy concessions from you, and you can give yourself a brand new name, like I'm never Julie when I'm the concession stand. I'm Jolene, because I always think that'd be fun to be Jolene. Anyway, and you, you know, you set it up, and if you have a third grader, they can learn how to make change. If you have a sixth or eighth grader, they can run the concession stand, and you can just sit back and enjoy this piece of spontaneity. Maybe you pack up little snack bags, and you wake your kids a little early up from their nap, and you've planned this all week. You've checked the weather. You put Um, something in the crock pot you've got your laundry rolling through the washer and dryer and you wake your kids up and say we're going to the park and we're going to meet our best friend family and you go meet your best friend's family and you have a great time for an hour you come home you have dinner with your husband and your kids thought you just made that up but you've planned all week Um, I had a good friend of mine who would every now and then call me and say, can I pick your kids up? I'm at this store by your house. And then she would have my kids hide in the back of her van. And when she arrived home from grocery shopping, she'd send her kids to get the groceries out of the back of the van and my kids would jump out. What a spontaneous, exciting thing. Maybe you just buy a new board game. Or you stop at Goodwill and get something, a new board game. If you, you know, they're, they're cheap. You could even trade board games with someone and have it be a surprise. You could get new art supplies or a fun snack and just have them ready so you can pull them out for something spontaneous when you need that. Okay, number two, celebrate little victories with your kids. Um, maybe it's the first day of school. Uh, this year I put candy boxes on my kids' desks. Um, When they learn to tie a shoe, maybe you say, let's go for a family bike ride now that you know how to tie your shoe. This is exciting. Maybe it's the first day on a new job or they got their license. Make their favorite meal. Uh, Recently, my daughter had a first day on her job and I bought her her favorite snack, which was Magic Shell. 
I don't want to eat plastic, but she likes it and it made her so happy. She came up and gave me a hug at her first job and she's 22, I think. 22, yes. Um, And it was exciting. Okay, number three, let your kids have friends over and help them have fun. Make a list, whether it's verbal or written, of just really good things to do, right? Um, It's helpful to kids because they don't always know what to do. And so give them some ideas so they're prepared for some fun things they can do. Don't be irritated by the mess. Um, I, my sons had some friends over this past summer to spend the night and I walked down into our basement and I was like, wow, there's popcorn everywhere. And my sons both smiled at me and said, we'll clean it up. And you know what? They did. They cleaned everything up. They can roll their sleeping bags. Your kids can do it too. Um, my one son went to his friend from school's house this summer and it was funny when he came home, I said, how was it? Did you have fun? And he said, you know what? He doesn't really know how to have a friend over. And he proceeded to tell me how they just kind of didn't know what to do. And I thought this is so important that we as moms teach our kids, even in this way, how to have a friend over. Okay, number four, do silly and goofy things. Teach your kids life is not all just hard work. Yes, I know, mom, that's listening. You need to clean your pantry or your bathroom, but you can still make it a lot of fun. And if you show your kids that work can be fun, then they will see it that way too. If it's just a drudgery and always an irritation, then they will follow suit and cleaning their bathroom or cleaning their bedroom will become an irritation. Involve and teach your kids in the work. Uh, Recently, my son and I were, all my kids and I were working at um, a rental property. We have some rental properties in our city. And um, my one son and I were working there by ourselves and the other kids were working somewhere else and Um, My son looked at me and he said, Mom, I have an idea. How about if I sing the first line of a song and you see if you can sing the second line? And we did this for, I don't know, 45 minutes, (laughs) Um, which was great. And um, they were all his songs until I turned on my 80s in my head. And I was like, you cannot do any. So I won, which is good. But it made the time go by so fast. We continued to rip the carpet up in this old house and we took up the tax strips. Before I knew it, the whole room was emptied and done and we were just having fun. So have fun with your kids. Number five, know what your kids like what their favorites are, what the things they just love are, and bless them. Maybe um, it is small cereal boxes on a camping trip, right? Um, I re- my dad, my husband's dad died a few years ago, and we had a memorial service for him. And the kids all talked about this, and it was just very sweet in my mind. Um, they talked about how he worked nights, and he would come back, and he would bring them their favorite candy bar. And because he worked nights, he was sleeping when they were getting up for school. And so it was laid on the counter, ready for them to put in their lunch. And it was just this simple, I don't know, they probably cost less than 50 cents at that point. They were probably like 25 cent candy bars. This was a few years ago. And it just was a way to say, I love you. And it was a way that their dad said, I love you. And I love that memory in that story. So do things that your kids love and bless them. Okay, number six is the five-minute stop and plop rule. Okay, here's the thing. You're busy. I'm busy. We all know as moms, we're busy. But here's an opportunity for you when your kid says, Mom, will you read this book to me? Mom, will you build Legos with me? Mom, will you shoot hoops in the driveway? That you stop and you do it for five minutes. Tell your kid, oh, okay, sure, I'll come back to the dishes in five minutes. Let's go read a book real quick. I understand sometimes it turns into 15 minutes or 30 minutes, but sometimes you can literally say to your kid, we read a book. I need to go finish my work. I'll come back later. And you've, you've given them 
the moment to say, I love you. That's really what you're saying. Um, my son, I have one kid who loves ping pong. And so he often will say, mom, will you play ping pong? Or if I go out in outside of my house and my boys are playing basketball, they definitely want me to shoot hoops for five minutes. And I have, I do play a good, a good horse, good game of horse here now and then. Okay, number seven is handwritten, handwritten notes. They're just great. Um, you can put sticky notes in their lunch, on their mirror, um, in their sock drawer. You can write a little note. You can put it in the back of their school book. Um, hopefully your kids will get to that section of the book. Um, I remember distinctly notes my mom wrote to me and other people have, and I've kept them all. And they're just very, they're really sweet treasures. And your kids will love it if you are want to talk with them, want to tell them, tell them the things that you see in their life that are good, okay? Don't write on, you can put verses in there. You can say all the ways you see them growing. I mean, don't put the verse, you know, be sure your sin will find you out. That's probably not a good encouraging verse in that one. But sometimes, especially if you have had a conflict with a child, sometimes a note that you are working on it and you're praying for them and you want to work on it comes across way softer than when you get together, especially if you keep having conflict. Uh, recently, my kids went off to school one day and I stuck sticky notes all over the inside of their computers that they take with them. <laughs> so um, you can find very creative ways to do it. I'm not sure that all of my kids appreciated all these sticky notes when they opened their desk, their, their um, computer up in first period. Okay, um, number eight is not only writing encouragement with handwritten notes, but speak encouragement to your kids. Show an interest in what they do, even if it's something you don't understand or don't like. Make a habit in your life of having a good, fun, enjoyable conversation with your each child every day. Not just ones that say, stop doing that. You're, you know, you're an irritation. Stop doing that. Because that's kind of what they're going to pick up. So talk to them. And, you know... If you engage them in normal everyday conversation about the Legos they built, about the funny lunch story, then it won't be so hard when you do have to talk to them about something difficult. Um, It is important that we have good conversations with them. Number nine is music. For some reason, for me, fun, energetic music just brings me great joy. Introduce your kids to different genres of music. It's great. Try a little country and have a square dance in the kitchen. Um, Put on some jazz and maybe have some hot cocoa and some coffee or tea and paint with watercolors or have a poetry reading, right? Um, Let your kids, you know, create poems and share them during that time. How funny that would be and definitely videotape. Put on some oldies and have an old-fashioned sock hop in your, your living room. Maybe try some upbeat music sometimes or even some classical music for some downtime. Music really is a gift from God and it's okay to choose music that isn't all explicitly Christian. I do say you need to be careful and watch lyrics, but there are some great things you can listen to that are just purely fun. Okay, number 10. Practice everyday thankfulness. Specific thankfulness. Real thankfulness. Not Sunday school answers like, I am thankful for my house and my job and my family. More like, well, Lord, I am really thankful that although my pantry shelves are empty right now, I have the money to go buy the groceries that we need. And although I can't get everything I want, I'm thankful that you always provide. Or maybe you are thanking God for the work that you see in your child's heart, even though you had to discipline them like 12 times today. You see them changing and you see that soft heart. Or maybe you are thankful that your washing machine normally works, even if it's broken right now. 
Maybe you're thankful for, you know, that you have some money to call a repairman or your husband is willing to watch YouTube channels, um, videos so that he can figure out how to fix it. Thank God for the specific things in your life every single day. Hey, I just have a couple final thoughts today. I am so thankful to be able to share with you about all the exciting good things that God does through the work of motherhood. I want to encourage you as a mother in all the work you do every day to find ways to build joy into your life. Here's some questions that you could ask yourself and I encourage you to do that. Okay, who am I listening to? Am I listening to the world or am I listening to God? And do I need to change something in regard to that, right? Do I need to read my Bible more? Did I even read it today? Did I pray today, right? Did I even ask another woman to pray for me? Maybe you ask yourself, um, what am I planning that's fun this week? What will bring joy into my family and my home? What could I plan for next week? What can I have in my back pocket, so to speak, that I'm ready to pull out on one of those long, difficult days? What am I specifically thankful for right now? What is one thing that you could be thankful for? Well, I'm excited about the chance that God has given to us as mothers. I'm excited because I know that mothering is hard work, but I know it is great. And I know that the work that you do is powerful and God can use it to impact your children. So I want to end today by praying. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for each mother who is listening today. I thank you that you are a God who knows about us, that you see us, and even now as these women are listening to this episode, that you know what's going on in their home. And I pray that you would give them great joy in you. I pray that you would draw them to you and that they would be encouraged and blessed and that they would view this job of mothering rightly and they would view these sweet children as an important part of their day. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, remember, when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress, because of God. Until next time.